Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Shape the Culture's weekly message. Thank you for tuning into our podcast that we release every week on Monday um, to provide you with a creative, authentic, inspiring message that we really hope allows you to implement something in your daily life to better your practice, better your life, better your mentality, better your emotional health, um, and your spirituality as well. We really aim to make this a movement inside all of us where we're learning and growing together. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a first time listener, I just want to say thank you for giving us the, t- the chance to spread this message to you, to hopefully give you something to meditate on, give you something that heightens your awareness of your spirituality and, and really set you forward in life and something that you can take with you for the rest of your life. If you're a continuing listener, I just want to say I appreciate you so much for continuing to check in, for tuning in. I hope that you continue to listen. I hope that you continue to share. Make sure that you provide me with any commentary, any feedback, um, any reviews that you have for me. Make sure you pass them on. You can subscribe at shapetheculture.org, or you could also subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast. Radio Public, any of those, we're on there. You can check us out. You can tune in. Um, We're going to get right back into our continuing message this week. So this week, we are continuing our series titled How to Be a Master. Um, And this series has really been us diving into the mantra character first and then ability when it learns how to be a master. Um, Because it is my belief that until we learn how to be master of of ourselves, that's emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, we can't really become masters in our crafts and experts in our field. Um, And we really can't impact society in the way that we want to impact society without having mastery of ourselves. Um, So the first week, you know, we looked at Jesus's speech as he told us to be to live among as lambs among wolves. Um, and this showed us how having a gentle character, you know, not being afraid to to break down and rebuild and and bringing the kingdom of God near ourselves and near others really helps us define ourselves and grow that spiritual, emotional uh, maturity. And then we took a look at the good cemeterian. Um, and that showed us how being a good neighbor, right? Like really being, compassionate towards others, even those that don't agree with our views or those that might show hate or injustice towards us, being compassionate towards those people really allows us to amplify our ability, right? So when we focus on character first, then our abilities are amplified because we're working with a sense of justice. We're working towards our own good nature and we're working towards the better, the betterment of society. And then we looked at Mary and Martha and how when Jesus came to sit with Mary and Martha, you know, Martha was scatterbrained, you know, she was trying to do everything. And then Mary was there just listening to Jesus. And that really showed us the importance of being able to just listen, right? To be able to just sit and listen and enjoy what, enjoy being in the presence of someone who is considered a master or an expert or even a mentor or a family or a friend and really enjoying that time, listening, learning, where we're supposed to be learning in those moments. Because when we come across people or when people come into our lives, it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. And we have to really be willing to listen, to sit and listen, to really truly understand you know, what that means. 
And then we looked at the recipe of ask, seek, and knock. Um, and, you know, those verses of, you know, ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you, um, really showed us that in life, we're constantly always following those three steps, if you think about it. You know, whether it's out loud or in our minds, we're asking for things, we want something, we have these dreams, these visions, these goals. So we got to figure out what to ask for and then also how to ask for it. And then we also learned about how once we ask for it, it's our responsibility, our responsibility to go seek it. We have to be the ones to go seek it out. And when we find it, when we're right in front of that door and we want it to be open, it's our, also our responsibility to, to begin knocking, to have to get that door open. And then so last week we looked at the principle of practice because how blessed are those who put into practice the words they hear from God. And so we talked about how the word of God can come to you in many ways. It could come through intuition. It could come through a gut feeling, a, a dream, a vision, a sign, a revelation. Um, there's so many things that allow us to receive and interpret the word of God. But really the powerful part is that when we hear something, when we feel something, that we immediately put it into practice. We we start to teach ourselves how to practice, how to always be walking in our purpose and walking with the direction God wants us to go. And so this week, moving forward, we are going to continue in the book of Luke. We are in chapter 12, and we've been following Jesus on his farewell tour, on his on his route to Jerusalem as he's going to be crucified on the cross, achieving his purpose. And he's, you know, providing these lessons on mastery and showing people the way and using his own experience, you know, to demonstrate, you know, that what he's saying is true. And so we're going to look at his parable of the rich fool. Um, and what we're really going to look at through this is the principle of understanding that I'm good that it's okay to be good, that it's okay to be comfortable, it's okay to be content, it's okay to be satisfied. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. And they read like this. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Throughout this series, we've been looking at ways to focus and enhance our character. That, that has been the focus. And we learned that by becoming strong within ourselves and learning how to practice compassion and express gratitude, you know, we've been able to understand how our crafts and abilities are amplified through that, right? And it's also our character that allows us to have the influential impact needed to make the world a better place. We've seen how this is true, too. And so since this has been the focus of our series, I think it's appropriate to end the series, right, with a different look and with a parable that demonstrates what happens when we focus on ability first and then character last. 
And so I think it's no coincidence that this parable from Jesus is titled the rich fool because the character in this parable represents what we would all consider to be a success, right? Like, think about it. The man has fertile land, fertile crops, fine crops, and he's rich. He's making money. He he has land. He has barns. He probably has animals. He's able to harvest. He probably has a home. And he's our, and he's rich. He hasn't made everything in his world is all right. And there's plenty of people that would love to be in the position that he's in. To many, this rich man will be considered a master already, right? And someone we should all aspire to be like. Like he's someone who's who's achieved those heights, who's who's walked and climbed up that ladder of success. And so immediately we see in this story that it's not a matter of ability. And I think that's important to highlight because ability will always be there. That's a fact. Ability is something we can always improve and spend our time focusing on. There will always be time to increase our abilities. And even more, once our abilities reach a certain level, we're able to get by without much more effort. If we spend too much time focused on ability, we'll miss out on what's right in front of us. And so let's look at the problem that, like I said, the rich, let's look at the problem that the rich fool has, because like I said, he's, he's somebody that has everything. And Jesus starts this story by saying he has fertile farm and fine crops. But what's his problem? His problem is that while he's contemplating his land and everything before him, he's, he's not satisfied. He's not content. He's not happy. And we see that in one Seemingly simple question, but it's really important to the whole story. He asked himself, what should I do? And I think this might be the most important part of the story because this highlights how even when we have achieved mastery or we're on our road to mastery, we're constantly questioning ourselves and our lives. We see this run rampant today, especially In the age of technology and social media, it's become part of our culture to compare ourselves to others. That's that's the norm. It's almost like something that we're supposed to do. Like we're supposed to align ourselves with the path of others and say, okay, what should I do to be like this person or to be better than this person? We compare ourselves to our families, our friends, celebrities, influencers, and other many people we will never meet or come across. We've adapted to this constant harassment of images that tell us we should strive to be better, to live a certain lifestyle, and to constantly try to really one up another and ourselves. There's no room for comfort and satisfaction in our culture today. And I think that's an issue. Because through this parable, we see how this mentality has a way of manifesting itself, even when you would think everything is okay and life is good. Because the reality is that the farmer had no worries. He literally had no worries except for the worry of wanting more. And that's the most dangerous thing for us to worry about because it distracts us from the true calling of mastery. When we want more, we'll do anything to get more and often find ourselves in worse situations because of it, right? Wanting more is all right. Like wanting more is not necessarily bad if there's a reasoning and purpose behind it. You know, we can want more to better our lives so we can better the lives of others. We may want 
want more to contribute to our family legacy and create a foundation for our own future family. We may want more to set an example for the youth coming after us. There's plenty of healthy reasons to want more, but we have to be able to discern between wanting more for a reason and wanting more just because. Looking back at this story, the rich fool shows us what happens when we want more just because. And like I said, we'll often end up in worse situations because of it, because the farmer wanted more just so he could have room for more crops, which would ultimately lead to more money. His want for more was fueled by greed and being unsatisfied with his current situation. And I think that Jesus illustrated the error in this mindset so beautifully with what happens next in the story. And so, like I say, I'm going to keep reminding y'all that he was he was good. He was rich. He had fertile land, fine crops, barns. He was good. But what happens next is that we read that the farmer was willing to tear down his barns. This means that he was willing to destroy what he had already spent time building and maintaining. This is huge because it's one thing to be comfortable with being broken down, starting over, and resetting. But it's another thing when you are willing to destroy what you've built only in hopes that you can gain more just because. And remember, especially if it's just because. Like if you have no other reason simply just because you want more to the fact that you're willing to break down what you already have, that's no good. The rich fool told us that he wanted to tear down his barns and build bigger ones just so he could live the quote unquote good life. But he never had a bad life. He was never in need and he was never lacking what makes life good. He already had barns, crops, and a healthy lifestyle. And so the road to mastery is tricky because we can lead ourselves down a path of disillusionment. We want to be considered masters and experts of our craft, but we also have to think about what happens once we reach this goal. There will, Because there will come a time where you are stable, you are secure, and everything seems to be going your way. And the question we will have to ask ourselves is the same question that the rich fool asked himself. What should I do? And I think that in today's society, in our state of the culture, we have to grow comfortable with being stable and being satisfied. It's okay to not want more. That may be countercultural, but it's true. You can make a good living for yourself, have a family or not have a family, become an expert at what you do. And be okay with your own level of comfort. You don't have to have the most or necessarily strive to be considered the best. A master knows their ability and is confident in their ability with or without the recognition or popularity. True mastery is is exhibited through comfort and confidence. The person who can contribute to society through their work and effort without the need for more or the need to be recognized is able to do more because they have clearer focus. We have to constantly work on worrying about the right the right things instead of the wrong things. A rich relationship with God is one where you are motivated by compassion and led forward with discernment and clarity. Like You know how to move. You know when to move. You know what to move and what to do. You live through your purpose and focus more on your contributions than your clout. This brings a level of peace and awareness that striving for the 
quote unquote good life just cannot provide. So be good. Be comfortable saying, I'm good. Stand strong in being good and being comfortable and being satisfied. Like I said, I think it, it may be countercultural, but I think in our society, society today, we have to start searching for a level of clarity, a level of peace, a level of comfort without always feeling like we have to be doing more or we have to constantly be working or doing something. And this is something that I battle with myself because, you know, I like to work and I like to work hard and I like to always be making moves and having these new ideas and creating. But, you know, I also have to make sure that I find time to kind of just sit and be comfortable and be satisfied with what I've already created, what I've already built, what I'm already maintaining. And that peace allows us to build a rich relationship with God because we get to work on our emotional health, our mental health, our spiritual health. So being good, I think, is, you know, also a, a stepping stone to mastery of being comfortable in your skills and your abilities, your contributions, and just who you are personally. And I think that's very important for us to remember as we continue on our road to mastery. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Love you all.